Okay, good morning. We're going to look at the Bible together. We, we've been looking in this interesting time. We've been exploring what's so amazing about grace. And then recently, in recent weeks, we've been looking at this sense of God giving a wake-up call to his people, to his church, uh, in this unusual time. And I just felt God would share, uh, would want me to share something from the book of Esther uh, this morning. Again, we're just looking at that time. What's going on right now? What is going on uh, here and now? Uh, Esther is in the Old Testament. Uh, It's uh, an interesting book and it focuses around the the title character, Esther, and her cousin Mordecai. They're both uh, Jews, they're part of the people of God, but they're in exile and they're uh, under the rule of King Xerxes uh, in the Persian Empire, living in Susa, their kind of chief city. Uh, And through the story, we see uh, just an interesting story. It kind of starts with King Xerxes uh, kind of getting fed up for one reason or another with his queen, uh, a woman called Vashti, and she is, uh, she is banished from the king's presence. And, uh, but then that leads to, some time later, the king thinking, I want to replace Queen Vashti with another queen, uh, which leads one way or another to Esther becoming the queen, becoming queen. And we see interesting things happen. We see Esther's cousin Mordecai uncovers a conspiracy against the king and that saves the day like that. But we see, as the book goes on, we see there are some enemies of God's people, enemies of the Jews, a man, particularly a man called Haman, who is quite an important official, who wants to do away with God's people, do away with the Jews. He wants to kill them and he, he kind of well convinces the king that he should sign this decree that means that they can be wiped out the Jewish people could be wiped out throughout the whole of the Persian Empire there's a particular dislike to Mordecai uh, but we see the rest of the book is showing how Queen Esther is in a position for God to use her to save her people Mordecai persuades Esther to help and Esther goes to the king at great risk to herself. But in the end, God works it out and the king listens to Esther and in the end, it's, it's Haman who is killed uh, and Mordecai is honoured and, and, and Esther as well and, and the people of God are saved. But right in the middle of that, we see in chapter four, as Mordecai Mordecai's persuading Esther to help, look, this is a big problem, Esther, Esther's become queen. She's queen in this, in this kingdom. And yet now it's like, man, my people are going to be wiped out. Will I be wiped out? What's going on here? We see Mordecai goes to Esther. And I just want us to focus, uh, just look in on this one verse right in the middle in Esther chapter 4 and verse 14. Mordecai's pleading with Esther and Esther saying, well, it's dangerous for me to go to the king. But Mordecai replies to Esther here in Esther 4 verse 14, for if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place, but you and your father's family will perish. And who knows 
but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. Right in the middle of this story, this phrase, that you may have come to your royal position for such a time as this. Such a time as this. Look at this time. Maybe it feels a bit disappointing, a bit hard. Maybe, maybe it's been a real, maybe this time is a real struggle for you. Or perhaps, it, perhaps for others it's just, well, don't really know what's going on. What's going on? Brexit, COVID-19, protests, all sorts going on. Kids not at school, people not at work. Lockdown, lockdown's easing. Can we see friends? Can we not see friends? What's going on? Perhaps it's a time that we wish hadn't happened. So thinking about this, was drawn to thinking about Frodo from in the Lord of the Rings. There's a scene in the films, and uh, uh, think this is in the minds of Moria in the films. They're traveling through these kind of dark tunnels, uh, and Frodo speaks to Gandalf the Wizard. Now, obviously, the Lord of the Rings all about the Ring, and. Uh, Frodo, it's come to Frodo, and Frodo's got to deal with it. And Frodo says, I wish the ring had never come to me. I wish none of this had happened. And Gandalf says this, so do all who live to see such times, but that is not for them to decide. All we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given us. There are other forces at work, Frodo, than the will of evil. Bilbo, that's Frodo's uncle, was meant to find the ring, in which case you also were meant to have it. And that is an encouraging thought. There's a sense for Frodo in Lord of the Rings, actually, you were meant to be here for such a time as this. This was the way it was meant to come about. We can't decide where and when we're going to be, and yet we can live for God in the time that we are given. Maybe we can look around and look at personal circumstances. We can look at COVID-19. We can look at Brexit. We can look at whatever. And think, why is all this happening, God? What's this all about? I want us to be encouraged by those words from Esther 4. Perhaps you've come into your royal position for such a time as this. Let's look at this in three ways. We could ask the question, Is this the right time? We can think, oh, how? We can get to thinking, well, when we get past this, when we get past, when lockdown eases a bit more, when, uh, when things settle down a bit, maybe when Brexit finally gets sorted out one way or another, maybe when uh, we have a change of government, maybe when this, maybe when that. Not now, then. See, Esther could have thought, if only this situation could change, then I could enjoy the place God has put me in and I could be used by him in a, for good in this place. So this week, Terry Virgo has been doing these video uh, vlogs, I guess, or videos on Facebook uh, every couple of days. 
Uh, couple, yesterday or a few days ago, uh, I was looking at something from Joseph's life. And it says in Genesis 39 verse 2, uh, uh, it says in Genesis 39 and verse 2, the Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered. Or as Terry put it uh, in his vlog, Joseph was a successful man. Well, but where does it say that? When chapter 39, verse 1, we see now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt and Potiphar, an Egyptian, who was one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him there. Joseph's a slave in Potiphar's house. In Potiphar's house as a slave, Joseph prospered. Joseph was a successful man. And Terry went on to talk about this, about being successful now, about being faithful now, about serving God now. You see, Joseph could easily have projected into the future, oh, if, if only God would get me out of this slavery or later on, if only God would get me out of this prison, then he could use me. I could be successful. I could be useful to God. Now, see, Joseph wasn't projecting into the future. See, it wasn't, we can so easily project on and think, well, if only we get past COVID-19, if only we get past this, or, or even, well, if only, maybe even if only if I, I was in a, another church or or perhaps less severe in another life group or when I get through these personal circumstances when things change for me or even we can look back with deep regret on our past and think if only things had been different as well as looking forward one day when things change when things are sorted out when maybe I'm ready then God can use me. You see, Joseph, as Terry Virgo was describing, and as the writer in Genesis describes, Joseph is faithful in the now, in Potiphar's house, in prison, as a slave, as a prisoner. Will we be faithful right now? in the midst of everything that's going on through COVID-19, perhaps other things, while you're suffering, while perhaps maybe this government isn't the one that you would want. Perhaps you're confused about the country or the world and what's going on. When things haven't worked out yet, when justice hasn't arrived yet, before you can see the way ahead. God calls us to be faithful right now. For Esther, perhaps you've come to your royal position now for such a time as this. Can we see God's plans and purposes being worked out in stuff that looks incredibly scary and stuff that we wouldn't have chosen? You see, God allows us to be caught up in his plans, to be involved in what he is doing. And God calls us, don't wait for a better time. Or wait, don't wait for the situation to change. Don't wait to be faithful, to serve, to keep going, to, to keep listening to him, to keep coming to him. 
Be faithful in the here and now and see what God is doing, even in a time that looks scary or just confusing or just, ugh, what's going on? In the here and now, in such a time as this. But perhaps also we could ask, where is God? And start asking questions, why me? Doesn't God care? Is he here with me at all? It's easy to go there. In the book of Esther, it's curious that God isn't specifically mentioned at all. And yet God's, the work of God and God's hand is so upon all of the events and things that are going on. But we see, even here in Esther chapter 4, Esther seeks God. It would be so easy to go, oh, what is going on? God, have you abandoned me? What on earth is he? Doesn't God care about us? In the very next verse, in Esther 4, 15, Esther sends this reply to Mordecai. Go gather all the Jews who are in Susa and fast for me. Don't eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my attendants will fast as you do. And when this is done, I will go to the king, even though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. This response is to seek God, to fast and pray. easy to think, oh God, why? What's going on, God? This isn't what I expected. I see in so many circumstances in life, things don't work out the way we expect. Grief, confusion, lament and questions, they're all valid responses. They're all valid parts of our, our life. But in the midst of all the the grief and confusion and lamenting and questions, God is there. So another thing this week, a blog by a guy called David Campbell, it's a, a Christian from Canada. Um, he wrote a, bo- a, blo- a blog post about when the curveballs hit when the curveball hits and he talks about how his daughter was got a, diagno- a cancer diagnosis. He talks about, wow, you'd just be, the shock hits and it's, it's tough. And yet he comes to that conclusion, but the, the thing is, God is with us. And he quotes Haggai chapter one. Haggai chapter 1 and verse 13. I'm not going to look it up right now. It's an incredibly short and powerful prophecy. I will look it up. We see the prophet Haggai. He's already brought the word of God uh, to the people that he's speaking to. But then he comes with this other word. And this is what... David Campbell quotes in Haggai 1 and verse 13, Then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, gave this message of the Lord to the people. I am with you, declares the Lord. 
That was it. I am with you. Such a short but powerful prophecy. God is with you. And we see the, the people, uh, the Lord stirred the spirit of Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, son of Josadak, the high priest, and the spirit of the whole remnant of the people. And they came and began work on the house of the Lord Almighty. Yes, that's their task to do. It's powerful words. In the midst of whatever's going on, in the midst of trial and turmoil, know this, God is with you. God is with you. You see it throughout scripture, this wonderful truth. It was true for Esther. God was working with her, in her and through her. For the people Haggai was talking to, this was the message, I am with you. For Joshua, Joshua chapter one, more wonderful truth. Joshua chapter one and verse nine Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord will be with you wherever you go. Philippians chapter 4. Paul writing to the Philippians. Um, Philippians 4 verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. The Lord is near. He's with you. Of course, we can remember the story in Mark chapter 4 of the disciples in the boat. And the storm is raging and it's terrible and they're being tossed about and they, uh, they don't know what's going to happen and they, they're terrified. Help! Where's Jesus? He's right with them. He's with them in the boat. Great picture of the fact God is with us. All the time. In fact, it was Jesus himself who had said, let's go to the other side. He's leading them on. He's with them in the storm. He is with you and he is enough. Remember 2 Corinthians 12, 9, we looked at a few weeks ago. My grace is sufficient for you. You see, where is God? God is with you in the storm, in the trial, in the confusion right now, in this strange time, God is here and he is at work. See, God's with you at the diagnosis. God's with you in the midst of the crisis. God's with you through years of pain or confusion. He hasn't left. He hasn't gone anywhere. He is with you. God is with you and he is faithful. Or we could finally, we could ask the question, well... I'm not in that kind of prominent position. I'm not like a Queen Esther or a Joseph. Queen Esther, Prime Minister Joseph, perhaps King David. Well, Esther was in a a prominent position, yes. Joseph rises to a very important job. But remember when, as Terry was quoting in his blog, when Joseph is described as a successful man, He's a slave. And then later a prisoner. He wasn't in any kind of prominent position. I saw a little clip of John Piper talking about this particular verse in Esther. But he was talking particularly about small groups. 
I think about the importance of being in small groups and they were perhaps talking about it at their church. Uh, he was quoting someone else who said on this subject, don't miss your Esther moments. And what was he talking about? He was saying, well, we're not just talking about some incredible moment to change a nation. God's put you where you are for such a time as this, in your life group, on your street, in your workplace, wherever you are in life right at the moment. God has given you things that only you can bring, that he's kind of put there for you to bring. Perhaps in a life group context, whether those things are obviously wise and wonderful or seemingly simple and unimportant, God has given you things to bring. God has made you as an encouragement, a challenge, given you things to build people up, to challenge and encourage them. See, Terry Virgo went on in that blog, Jesus talks in many places about being faithful in the little things. He's been faithful with little, I will give a lot. This sense, it doesn't matter whether you're the top leader of a country, whether you're just getting on with a day-to-day life. God is with you right now where you are. If you know him, if you're in Christ, he is with you. He's put you there for such a time as this. You have a part to play. Whether that's in the life of the the church, in your workplace, on your street, in whatever way. In a life group, on a Sunday, through the week. It's so easy to say, oh no, no, I've got nothing to bring. Or perhaps, no, no, I'm I'm just not ready. Or others do it better, frankly. You see, the enemy can get in with subtle little lies everywhere. No, no. You've got nothing to bring. You better leave it some time. Can't you see that someone else can do it, could do it so much better than you? No, you see, God has put you where he wants you to be at such a time as this. Even in these current circumstances, it might look different to what you thought it might. It might be different uh, to, to what you might be doing else otherwise. But even now, he's at work in and through you. He's at work in us as a body. Let's recognise that God has put us here for such a time as this. In your locations, in your corners of this city, or even wider than that. God is working on us and he wants to work through us, changing us, forming us. Ali talked earlier about pruning, about pruning the bush back. And then all this fruitfulness comes. It feels tough, it feels painful, but it produces fruit. It might feel tough at the moment. It might feel confusing. Individually and as a church, God, I believe, is preparing us, working on us, making us more like Jesus. That's exciting. It might not be what we expected. You might think, oh, if only we could just get past this. But actually, right here, right now, wherever he has put you, 
in your location, in your circumstances, he is at work and he's put you there. Like Mordecai says for, to Esther, for such a time as this. I want us to pray together. I'm going to pray and ask God to come and fill us with his Holy Spirit. He's a generous giver. He's abundant. He encourages us to ask, to come right at this time. Let's be full of the Spirit. So I'm going to pray, Father God, would you fill us with your Spirit? Lord, come and pour out your Spirit. Lord, thank you that you're at work right now, in the here and now, right at this time. Lord, you haven't gone away while COVID kind of plays out. Lord, you haven't gone away while Brexit rumbles on. You haven't gone away while tensions uh, are being stirred up around the world. Lord, you are at work and you are faithful. Lord, I pray, come and fill us with your spirit. Come and fill us with your spirit. Even as we sing and we worship now, come and fill us. Amen.